Business Hour with Oli Bocheng on OFM, the sound of your life. We've now entered into the final few minutes of tonight's OFM Business Hour. And we're asking... Is love blind in the workplace? Regulating romantic relationships at work is the topic behind our third and final conversation. And to discuss it as well as how far you can go legally as an employer or as a business owner in terms of trying to contain the impact that romantic relationships can have on a workplace hearing from Claire Nolan. She is an associate at ENS Africa, as well as Amy Pawson. She's a candidate legal practitioner at the same mega law firm. Thanks so much, ladies, for setting our time in your busy schedules to chat to us. And we're discussing romantic relationships in the workplace. Let's start with why you guys wanted to discuss it online in your piece, in your article. I think we both individually started seeing it come up a lot in the work that we were doing, either in a disciplinary forum where something had gone wrong in the workplace and clients need advice on what they need to do, or just in the sense where clients are being proactive and they want to implement policy where they can regulate this sort of thing happening in the workplace. I think an easy example of this is when we're seeing a younger generation of workforce entering the workplace and that dynamic trying to regulate that. But I think it's also a historic issue where the usual senior employee, younger subordinate gets into a relationship and the implications that might have. I mean, that then begs the question, can romantic relationships which start out at work be regulated via work policies, whether they're taking place between peers or a subordinate and a senior, and of course, we'll touch on that a bit later on. But can they be regulated via work policies? So definitely can be regulated by work policies. And it's actually best practice to do it this way. It ensures the employer can set some boundaries and also implement a way to make sure that the workplace is safe and harmonious for all the employees. I think maybe a good place to start is that policies in generally, in general, are supposed to guide employees on what's acceptable in the workplace, but also provide provide a framework for consistent treatment for employees. And I think this is important where you have multiple employees, multiple workplaces. You want to make sure that the treatment of the employees is consistent. And then also just set out the expectations of both employee and employer. Avoid any misunderstandings of what the rule is in the workplace. And then, of course, that helps the employer take disciplinary action if there is breaches to these type of policies. So when it comes to workplace romantic relationships, this is definitely something that you could bring regulation through a workplace policy. Thank you so much, Claire. How do employers strike a balance between one's right to privacy and the impact a romantic relationship between employees may have on a workplace? And of course, relationships can be tumultuous, so I can imagine (laughs) the impact can be terrible. Yeah, exactly. I think as a starting point, we always start at what is fair. So in practice, this always comes down to treating each case on a case-by-case basis on its own merits. There'll definitely not be a one-size-fits-all balance of privacy where an employer seeks to make sure that workplace is harmonious and safe for all employees. Uh, Generally, the employer shouldn't interfere with romantic relationships and the private life of their employees. And definitely, if there was an outright prohibition on this relationship, it probably wouldn't pass that fair test. But where these relationships start impacting the workplace, how it's functioning, the operations of the business, the employer may start having a right to intervene in those. And that's where we bring in these policies. 
Well, um, Amy, in what instances can issues arise when a romantic relationship takes place at work? What are some of the, you know, examples of where a romantic relationship can go awry, essentially? Yeah, so I think, as Claire mentioned earlier, it all depends on the nature of the people in the workplace themselves. Um, I think she used the example of the age of people often determines this. But yeah, some of the examples that we've seen is it can happen between two colleagues, between a superior and a subordinate, you know, either directly who you report to or even through an indirect reporting line. Yeah, another big case we see this in is where one person has a position of influence over somebody else. So for example, perhaps a person's salary, their bonus, their promotion, how work is divided. Yeah, and that's obviously one of the places where it can have the most detrimental effects. We also see it sometimes arising where there's inappropriate conduct at work. And then that can have so many consequences within the workplace itself, not only between the two people. So for example, it might hamper their productivity or create disharmony in the workplace, but yeah, it can even affect their their colleagues. To to add there, Mm -hmm. a a great example of this is also when, like you said, workplace relationships can be very tumultuous. So where there's a breakdown in that relationship and things start going wrong, the worst case scenario is where something was once consensual then starts to border on harassment or sexual harassment. Mm -hmm. There's an extra duty on employers to actually do something in those circumstances. And I think that's why it's so important that where there's these power dynamics, where there's something that needs to be consensual, we definitely need to try and regulate it. Well, what does labor law say regarding romantic relationships? And of course, tell us more about Rustenburg Platinum Mines Limited versus UASA, Peterson and others. What did the commissioner say about romantic relationships in the workplace in that particular matter? Thanks. Yeah, so I think this is where the difficulty is. Our current labor law doesn't actually regulate romantic relationships, but we obviously do see it arising here in practice and obviously arising in our everyday lives. So um, the CCMA and our, our, our courts have had to deal with it. Um, yeah, so, so Oliver King, like you say, the, the Rustenburg Platinum Mines versus Uasa case, this actually, this case went all the way to the Labour Court and the Labour Court had to consider uh, what a CCMA commissioner had said. So it was a matter involving a romantic relationship between a senior employee and then a more junior employee and it involved allegations of sexual harassment. And basically, this yeah, our court said, they, they came across with quite a strong view and said, a workplace should not be confused with a find me love sanctuary or a lonely hearts club for lovesick employees. <laughs> yeah, and so they, they said they recognized that employees can, you know, develop relationships, can have show affection and express affection in the workplace. But they say that where any conduct is frowned upon, then it could potentially cross that fine line between just some innocent attraction and could ultimately lead to potentially sexual harassment. So yeah, what, what we've taken from the cases and we're seeing more and more of them coming but basically the courts are, are dis- discouraging employees from expressing affection towards each other in workplaces especially if it's between we see usually senior employers and their subordinates and then yeah whilst recognizing that this may happen employers just need to be making sure that they're aware of it and that they put measures in place to try and prevent it from crossing that line that the courts have so yeah easily seen the business hour with on OFM. amy Claire, you've both noted that you've seen an uptick in issues at work emanating from 
romantic relationships. Would you say that it's something that's always been there or it's something that's just popping up now? I'm trying to ascertain, would you say it's a Gen Z issue with many Gen Zs now entering the workplace or has it existed with millennials and baby boomers, etc.? I think the, the usual dynamic of a senior and junior has always been there and I think that's always been an issue. Okay. I think where it's coming up more is that as we help hold people more and more accountable for their actions, that duty to your employer where your interest shouldn't be conflicted is becoming more and more of an issue okay. and I think maybe because of how how we've evolved over the years and if people becoming more receptive always been there but I think what we are seeing more and more is that it doesn't have to be that direct line of your boss and you have a relationship and then there's an issue I think it's spreading across the workplace Amy mentioned this that it doesn't need to be a direct report it's where you sit on a remuneration committee you're deciding on the bonus of someone you're in a relationship with that conflict of interest that arises creates problems and I think people don't notice that that is an issue and then it's not disclosed and it then later becomes an issue of fairness of other employees or is everyone being treated equally and then I also just think more and more we're seeing mental health issues with this breakdown in relationships then it's affecting the workplace yeah. if you're employing both sides of that dynamic of that relationship it's something that you have to treat very carefully so I think in those spaces we're starting to see it more and more and the employer has some sort of duty to address it yeah imagine the distress of seeing your ex every day sure that must be harrowing <laughs> and uh, if, I can, if i can just add on that i think i know if we look at specifically the the mining industry i think in that sphere especially it's not really a new issue i think especially for example, let's say where employees are taken to areas which are, you know, f- further from town, away from their families, potentially. I think, yeah, that sort of that dynamic has been going on, on for many years. That's not really a, a new dynamic. But yeah, I completely agree with Claire that recently with mental health issues, with, you know, increased, especially in the corporate world, mm. um, the increase, the, the number of hours we spend at work, I think it does open up the potential for more romantic relationships. Well, with all of that said, what is your advice to employ? years on how to navigate this thorny issues are strict work policies the rule of thumb here so liver king no we would answer no it's not the rule of thumb yeah and as Claire mentioned an outright ban in romantic relationships through policies wouldn't work um it wouldn't be practical or, or potentially unfair um but yeah we, we really would suggest that employers have clear guidelines on how workplace relationships can be regulated. I know it's not always practical, especially for smaller employers to have, you know, a standalone policy. So that's why we would maybe suggest incorporating it into an existing policy or something like, you know, a code of conduct. But yeah, ultimately it just depends on the the nature of the the people in the workplace itself in some of the guidelines we would suggest to put in these in these policies would be for example any disclosure requirements to whom must they disclose it if they should um, and under what circumstances what steps must be taken if let's say a romantic relationship is disclosed between a superior and a subordinate what type of conduct do we do we expect of our employees and you know for example even managers do they have more responsibilities and then I think yeah ultimately if they breach a policy, what what will the results of that be? Thank you so much, Amy. Uh, Claire, your advice to employees who are thinking of embarking on a romantic relationship with a colleague. Um, Amy mentioned disclosure. Should you know, is disclosure the way one should go about it in this case? 
I think the first step is check if there's a policy, check if there's a standalone policy office in your code of conduct. If it isn't, then I think it's up to employees to exercise some of their judgment. Some of those examples we gave at the beginning, if it's a subordinate and superior relationship, if you think you've conflicted in some way, I think it's safer to disclose. And where you're not too sure, just ask HR. I'm sure someone would be happy to help you along the way. I think it's just where you feel uncomfortable or where interests start to become conflicted it's something that probably should be disclosed ladies any closing remarks i mean i think when you mentioned the mental health then that kind of hit home for the first time i thought it was an interesting topic but then i thought oh yeah i can imagine how you know incredibly distressing this type of thing can be for for a lot of people so i guess your closing remarks on it quickly before we wrap up I think it just shows the importance of implementing some of these policies. The policy isn't there, like we said, to prohibit romantic relationships in their entirety, but it's just to regulate the effect that they may have on the workplace. The last thing you want is, like you said, to show up to the workplace where you have had a toxic relationship and it's spilling over into the work that you do. So for employers to safeguard themselves, they need to implement these policies. And I think it also just helps create those boundaries in the workplace because as much as it is your day-to-day life, and you're entitled to privacy. We don't want circumstances where it's spilling over the workplace and a detriment to the employer. Yes, and if if I can just add on that, I think especially from the the employee perspective, I think employees often try to, you know, ensure that that there's a a fine line between their private lives versus what they're doing at work. But we are seeing more and more that this is becoming blurred. So I think as long as you as an employee are recognizing that if you do have a, a relationship that can affect the workplace, you know, be cognizant of that and, and see what steps you can take and if, if need be. The Business Hour with Oliver Best in the On OSN.